you could feel it coming before the night started. Memphis had lost four in a row. They had a bunch of days to practice. And the press conference of Taylor Jenkins felt exactly like the press conference of Will Hardy of a week ago when the Jazz suddenly shocked New Orleans and won two in a row. Jazz walked into the Hornets nest tonight and Memphis stung them pretty good late in the first and all the way through beating the Jazz. We'll talk about it coming up on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is David Locke along with Ron Boone for postcast tonight in a chilly arena. That's why we're all bundled up. Uh, the Jazz fall tonight to the Memphis Grizzlies, and Will Hardy said it well just a moment ago in his press conference. We have got to find a way that when a few press, when a few moments go wrong, that it doesn't turn into a bad quarter. We're, we're, it's too hard for us to come back from bad quarters. And what happened tonight was that the Jazz really had a bad end of the first quarter into the second quarter. And they went on the wrong side of a 15 to four run to close. I think it was, or in the middle of the first quarter. And then they got outscored 36, 17, the second quarter. And the night was over. Like it's not really, you're down 20. Like we're just playing at that point. And will said it well, like this team is, is got something going on where when it starts to go wrong, it's, it's avalanching on them a little bit. And you don't have Lori. And it's awfully difficult, especially without Laurie, to come from behind, it, especially when you're that far behind. I mean, when you're down 20, 21, 22 points, that kind of thing. It's awfully hard for the Jazz, um, you know, with their personnel to, to come back. So let's go to what went wrong. What did you see that went wrong here? Well, uh, it's the defense, obviously, was, was um, probably the, the main culprit. Okay. Um, the Jazz, what they worked on this morning, they were stretching the pick and roll out, uh, and then giving the the, the your, your teammate a chance to recover, and then rotate out of it. Um, then Memphis started to get a hold of it. Now, um, Biombo started to get the basketball in the middle of the lane, or Jackson started to get the basketball in the middle of the lane, and was and it was start, starting to cause some problems and. Now the ball movement, and you get some guys knocking down some threes and knocking down some open shots. And for the most part, who was it? Roddy, who started to get hot. You know, he was 5-9 and nine for the three-point line. Roddy got going early. Memphis, who came into the league as the 30th three-point shooting team in the league, went actually by the end of the night, they cooled off and went 13 of 39 right to their 30th average. So ironically enough, by the end of the night, they actually got back to their 33%, but they got hot for a while. The Jazz actually have a weird one tonight. They shoot 41% on threes. They shoot 34%, maybe lower, on twos. They went 16 of 39 on three. They went 18 of 51 on twos, Ron. Yeah, that's... Uh... They got blocked 10 times. Now, were they just... Were, were they... Like I said during the broadcast, the Jazz do not have a post-up player. Um... You saw what Jackson was able to do tonight and, and uh, playing with his back to the basket. And I'd like to see Kessler come alive and do something like that. We, we saw that Omir trying to make that happen there as well. Now, he probably might be our better best post-up player, playing with his back to the basket. And just have to find a way to score in the paint. You know, other than Lops knocking the basketball. The one thing that jumped out to me a little bit on Omir tonight was 
he played two games really well against Jonas Valanciunas. Tonight he had to play a big, was much more out on the floor, much more agile, much more movement, much more ball in his hands. Maybe not as when he ended up on Jaron Jackson, when Bismack Biombo was on, it was fine, but maybe not as good a matchup for him as it would have been otherwise. Absolutely. I, I saw the same thing. And so the difference for him getting a, a significant amount of minutes on the floor is going to depend on the personnel. Uh 17 for John Collins tonight, 12 for Jordan Clark. I mean, really, honestly, like, not a very good night for anyone. Like, I mean, we're going to have a hard time with our – with our, but, like, we try to find positives or talk about, like, what what went right tonight. I mean, they end up being down 18 at the half. And, and I don't mean this, like – I want to make sure this is clear. Like, I just thought the whole group got discombobulated. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, they were all awful. I just don't think anybody – I just think they, they lost their mojo – they started turning the ball over a little bit again. The The Grizzlies are a good turnover-forcing team. They're third best in the NBA, but they got into passing lanes, got their hands in there, very physical, and it just we seemingly lost kind of all of our rhythm to everything we were doing in the process. Sometimes you can look at a stat sheet and get mixed emotions or a mix of, of effects on what really happened in the ballgame. Jazz averaged 26 assists a game, 25, 26 assists yep. a game. That's what they ended up tonight. But where did the assist come from? I mean, it, it just you know what happened? They it, the Grizzlies ended up with twenty six assists. Jazz had more three point field goals. So it, it's just amazing how the defense always comes surface, comes full force, comes right back to you. The one thing we were commenting about a lot on the broadcast was how late the Jazz were getting into their offense. Now, they're 29th in the league at getting the ball across half court. They are the second slowest team in the league at doing so. This is not totally unusual, and that's why I a little bit asked you on the air, like, am I making this up? Like, am I making a big deal of this tonight because it just somehow has caught my attention, or is there actually this seems slower and and less uh, active than we've seen them early in possessions? It just felt like there were a lot of times where 12 or 11 or 10 seconds on the shot clock, and they were making their first pass in a possession. That's the reason, David, I said they don't give themselves a chance to get to a, a second option or, or a third option because, because of that. And, again, I keep going back to what we saw this morning in practice, which I thought was absolutely great, you know, because they were they – were, they, they had first two possessions was um, a, a, a dribble handoff with a screen or, you know, something like that. Now you're into something. Now you can get the defense scrambling. You can make some things happen. Uh, they kind of got away from that and – didn't see a lot of that of what we saw this morning. And so, you know, it's interesting because you watch them practice today. They ran through a bunch of really interesting stuff. And right. it, and a lot of it includes that second and third action and second. Like, in fact, the major focus today was to getting on the second side of things. Well, if you're starting at 10, it's super hard to get to the second it's side. Hard. Absolutely. It's awfully hard, especially if you get if the defense overplays or something. Now you got to uh, go a little bit away from from the defender, but still get into the action. I mean, just so many things that, you know, that can take you out of it. And obviously jazz is struggling with it right now. The other thing that happens on a night like tonight is if you don't have the, like, I mean, like we didn't have Lowry was part of it. Like the Lowry's, you know, I talk about this a lot. This matters to me. Some people disagree. So Lowry's top 30 player in the NBA. Correct. If you look at the ringers list and it's not great, but there wasn't another player in the jazz in the top hundred. So when you go into a night without a top player and things start to go awry, there's not somebody to stop the bleeding, right? Like if you go back to like, let's go, we're doing 70s night the other night. Let's do early 80s. Like those weren't great jazz teams, but 
like if you were if you guys were struggling, like oh AD go to work. Yes, absolutely. Right, and AD's gonna go score on three of the next four possessions, and suddenly that run is over. Like the Jazz don't really have a spot, particularly without Lowry, and even a little bit with Lowry, that when when things are going awry like they did tonight, where you can just go get a bucket. It has to be out of some play or has to be some action or defense has to create it. It's not a great defensive team. There's not a natural way for them to be like, oh, that guy is going to go score on two of the next five possessions, four possessions, three of the next five. And your 10-2 run is now 12-6, 12-8. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And, and I was just trying to check where you were talking. I was going to go back and see if what what Laurie, what kind of effect he's had on, on the Grizzlies, you know, in in the first two ball games that we played there, and I didn't go back far enough, but I would imagine he would have definitely helped. But you know, they can also say that you know we got guys out too, so and we should be a much better basketball team. But uh, boy, we got Minnesota tomorrow, who is half court defense is on a different plane than the rest of the NBA right now. So this is without Lowry tomorrow is really going to be a tough task because. Minnesota's, I think, averaging 88 points per possession in the half court, and like the next closest in the NBA is like 91-92. Um, so they are they are way better than anyone else to half court. Rudy against Oklahoma City was just awesome. I mean, awesome last night. And I've watched them play a number of times. Conley has made so much difference yeah. in that in that team that uh, and he's made Rudy an offensive threat. Something that what Quinn was able to do. Uh, with Rudy in, in, in the Jazz uniform, you know, with Conley there yep. as well. So uh, that's what's making them so tough right now. All right. So we have to give out. Lacey is not with us. So maybe we don't have to give out stars tonight? Dave, this is hard. I, I literally do this not have a star really, tonight. Really hard. And I'm not, like, it was just a collectively, like, they just got totally outdone. Like, there's only one player that's. Like, John Collins has a decent stat line. It's only one player that's positive. Who's that, Lucas Summit? Yeah, and he, he was out there. He gave a, so a start to Micah Potter, who was with us but didn't play. Yeah. Um, oh, Lacey's actually here. Um, Walker had six blocks, she says, so he deserves a star. And Simone hit four threes in the third quarter. But Simone hit his four threes and we're down 20. I I have never been a guy who loves the down 20. I was actually talking to Kelly Linick about this at shoot-around today. Like, down 20 numbers to me are just like – This one's hard. I'm sorry, Lacey. I, I just don't know where. I mean, just nobody stood out tonight, yeah. and it, which is really the story. It's like not a, not bashing any individuals or seeing this or that. It, Memphis, give you know what? This is really a sign. You got to give Memphis credit. They came in on a four-game losing streak. They got blasted in three of them. They had three days of practice, and they just came with a huge amount of effort ready to go tonight, and they put it on the Jazz, and they took control of the game both offensively and defensively, and none of our guys had much of a night tonight. Yeah. So... Um, I, we've never done this before. We have never been starless before. There's got to be somebody, something, but there's really not tonight. Wow, I think that just sums it up. Give give credit to Memphis. They really, they really kind of they took it. I'm giving the star. Lacey got it. <laughs> the star goes to Mark Davis. There you go. All right. For the call at the end of the game where Jaron Jackson got to score again because that was crazy. Would that be in a two-minute report? Yeah. It would, no, because it wasn't inside five points. We'll just have to find out about it. Yeah, somehow. We're blowing kisses to people in Memphis. <laughs> you figure out who. Talk to you later.